Hey everybody, welcome to episode 278 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm your host Tom Zalatni, and I am alone in the studio again today, but I'm not alone in your ears or in your hearts, dear listener, because I'll be joined over the phone for this episode by Caddy Diop. Caddy is the Francophone Education Director of Montreal Improv, and an improviser, a community organizer, a storyteller, a sexology student, and a devoted auntie. She loves sharing her many opinions with a flair of intersectional hullabaloo. She has performed at the Ottawa Improv Festival, Black and Funny, Off JFL, and other North American festivals, and she loves plain chips. And in case this list wasn't long enough, she is also one of the co-hosts of the Yeah! Podcast, a young adult lit review show here on the Upford Network. Before we get into my interview with Caddy, uh, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Gang and Cahaga First Nations. Um, I think that as a settler, it's important to remember that the lands that I, I occupy and, you know, the land that you're occupying, presumably, uh, is not my own, is not your own, um, it's not our own, uh, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset and think about kind of, you know, what that all means, and think about how you can be a good ally to the indigenous people uh, of wherever you live. Um, so yeah, I want to encourage you to take some time to think about that today, uh, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on, uh, and with the indigenous communities thereof. Um, and of course, uh, as everything is going down right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, and the protests, and the calls for police abolition and defunding, and uh, all the kind of, you know, huge revolution style things happening in the world right now. Um, I want to uh, encourage you to be safe, but also encourage you to take action in whatever ways that feel right to you. Um, I It's it's tricky because I think there are people who are built for going out and protesting and there are people who are not. And if you're someone who's not, that, that doesn't mean that you are a bad person or a bad ally. There are a lot of things that you can do from home that are also helpful. Uh, we've got a link in the description of this episode to uh, a Google Doc with just like lots of resources that we've been compiling, uh, everything from education to um, black authors you can be supporting to Instagram accounts to follow, uh, petitions you can sign, um, charities, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so click the link in the description of this episode to check all of that out. Anyway, thank you and uh, enjoy the show. Caddy, thank you so much for joining me. I'm super happy to join you, Tom. So we are like now kind of diving into a new series for like the next few weeks it's sort of nebulous how long this is going to last because we don't plan too far ahead on this show uh but we want to do a series on sex and sexuality and uh when the time came to start looking for guests for that you were one of the first people i thought of and then uh it just conveniently worked out that you ended up being one of the first people to do it um because you are studying sexology i do i study sexology now are you you're like pretty far into your program at this point right yeah i only have an internship left amazing and uh then i will be a board certified sexologist oh congratulations thank you very much i mean i guess it's pre-congratulations but still i'll still take it yeah yeah. (laughs) so once you are a board certified sexologist what's your what's your goal going forward with that oh that's a great question I think my goal is probably going to be tied in some way, shape, or form to the topic of pleasure. Okay. It's interesting because, like, in school, we barely talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that uh, I know I'm personally discovering. 
or rediscovering. I don't even know. Um, but it's definitely a topic that uh, strikes a fancy in me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I find it interesting, like, I, I find it interesting hearing that it's not something that you guys studied. Like, that seems like it should be kind of a part of studying sexology, right? Absolutely. Uh, however, I guess, um, the money uh, in research is tied to, you know, social issues that are, uh, you know, just current social issues are generally five years behind. So, okay. you know, uh, right now what's really uh, getting a lot of traction is uh, gender variance mm -hmm. and identity, um, a lot of things around masculinity, femininity, uh, transitions into parenthood. Like, you know, you see, like, there was a big there's a paradigm shift that's happened in society that uh, shows that like now we need to take all these old theories and kind of bust them open right. and use them as a frame to look at the reality of today. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. I kind of got lost in my own head. I, I think it does. I mean, even okay, just cool. as someone who like, like over the past year I have come out as non-binary and in the past month have started like, you know asking people pretty gently to use they them pronouns with me like yeah you know like I'm in that early stage where I'm like it's okay if you mess up but like try and like I I mean even thinking back to like five six years ago I had no idea that I existed I mean that's wild you know <laughs> so I, I definitely uh yeah I get it there's a lot of change happening and like as a non-binary parent I'm like you know mm. I still think of myself as a dad because I kind of feel like dad energy is is beyond the gender binary but like agreed it, yeah. big heart agree on that one <laughs> but that's it like there's there's so much to sort of look at in that and like the the way that our you know gender and sexuality play into like societal norms I guess is all kind of going out the window and being reestablished and it's exciting yeah totally and the fun part is that I mean, there are some folks who have been interested in doing research on these topics for years and years and years, but because academia is ruled by uh, the most privileged members of society, we mm -hmm. could say, um, and now that we're starting to see, you know, their realities are changing, uh, the representation at higher levels is changing, so that opens doors for people to be able to to explore, to be wild, and to start saying like, oh, well, now that we have data about um, issues about a, like an oppressed group, well, then all of a sudden, like, hey, let's look at how this compares to the data that we've had for, you know, since the 70s or, or 80s. And then people start going like, oh, this is interesting. Like, everything is slightly different but it's just because we never considered these folks before right and that's the exciting part is that now finally researchers are like starting to ask a lot of questions and try to find a bunch of different ways or anyways the ones that I've met who are quite cool um, you know they're trying to find ways to diversify their studies and make sure that that they're doing a better job than what they were taught to do right yeah I love that I, I think there's something really cool about like the research being, I guess, open to that change, right? Because, and I mean, I'm I'm sure that that would be a broad generalization. I'm sure there's plenty of people who uh, aren't open to researching 
you know, all of these things. Um, but I think that it, there is something really neat about like, uh, hmm. Have you ever played a Pokemon game? I have not. Okay. Are you like familiar enough with like the concept of yes. Pokemon? So Absolutely. like, so you probably know that like over the years they keep adding more, right? Yes. There so, are generations. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think about it as like every new generation of Pokemon, they like, also discover like oh you know this pokemon that we knew about before we made up a new evolution for it so like it's sort of like we've discovered a thing that changes the like gameplay mechanics a little and i i kind of find it fun thinking about like research in that way right where like you the research is done and people have figured out like okay we're pretty sure we understand this and then you know every five six years something changes and they're like oh crap like we've got all this new information, let's keep researching. And I like to think that, like, the discovery that gender is not a binary, like, over the past while and the sort of, like, societal acceptance of that, uh, I mean, societal moving toward acceptance of that, I guess, uh, to me almost feels like the, like, game developers dropped in a brand new mechanic and said, figure out how this works now. Yeah, it's it's now time for us to level up as a society a little bit exactly oh, i like that i really like that <laughs> idea and i think that like there's such a cool representation um i worked for a prof um and her her team her research team was so diverse and it was really interesting because uh, there was this desire from this one individual who's like hmm it doesn't make sense that we've forgotten all these folks for so long. Because <laughs> um, it's not, you know, like it's not, it's not like we've discovered a new continent that didn't exist. It, it, these, ah, these are things that, sorry, <laughs> something started playing music on my computer. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> last, last episode, like at one point, Jeremiah sc- screamed about something and it was because a bird landed on them. So I, <laughs> I'm suddenly like, whoa, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. These, wow. The, wow. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we haven't discovered the gender is, is is on a continuum. It's just now there's more people who are on that continuum who are part of the research. Right. And who have decided to, f- decided, I mean, who have been moved with the times um, to include, you know, like, thinking about things from an intersectional point of view, from uh, an axis of oppression or a marginalization uh, point of view, looking at like the way that human systems works. Like it's taking all of this old stuff, adding all this new stuff and then going like, oh crap, we actually have barely scratched the surface. (laughs) You know, it's like they discover a bunch of, uh, like in marine biology, they discover a bunch of new um, types of plankton or new types of sea creatures uh, every year. And I think that when it comes to the social sciences and humanities, that's exactly what's happening as well. It's these things have always existed, but now we, we can't ignore them anymore. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't just say, Oh, but they're the exception, whatever. Now, there's people who are saying like, well, no, this matters because the data is very different if we start looking at it this way. And in application in society, people are like, great, now there's data to support my validity in existing and naming who I am and giving me a chance to fully express myself. Right. And that's huge. Huge. 
want to take a minute to tell you about Patreon. <laughs> I was waiting for that to drop, and it just took a lot longer to drop than I thought it would. I'm sorry. Uh, if you guys don't know about Patreon, basically it is a crowdfunding platform that lets creators like me work with listeners like you to create the best possible content at the lowest possible cost. Uh, so it works on this idea that, you know, patrons of the arts used to throw hundreds of dollars to guys like Michelangelo and say, paint me on the ceiling of a building. And then Michelangelo would do it and he'd get paid. Uh, Consider me the Michelangelo of your ears and pay me to paint word pictures inside of them. Is that gross? Maybe. Imagine I used a different metaphor and consider throwing some money at our show. Uh, I know during a pandemic, a lot of people are struggling financially. So like, absolutely no pressure if you can't afford to give any money that's totally fine support us by you know leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice or sharing the episode with a friend uh message us let us know you're listening to the show honestly that makes a huge difference too do what you got to do or do nothing totally fine but if you do feel like supporting us on patreon with money we're not going to say no <laughs> so you can pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion where you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like patrick gabriel kendallin carlea thomas george poppy killian sarah angelica will Anne, andrew laura kate and erica um, by doing that you get early access to bonus content behind the scenes updates and there's a bunch of sweet perks available as well so uh check it out at patreon.com slash up for discussion This episode is also brought to you in part by Chaos. Ooh, Chaos. I'm playing the sexy music because it's sexy summer 2020 and we're talking about sex. Yeah, the sexy music. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you've definitely heard us talk about Chaos. There, didn't mean to line that up so well, that's fun. They've got professional sound equipment, cinema grade lenses, camera hosting. Camera hosting? Boy, I'm tired. Event hosting, social media services, and more. But right now, we want to highlight the trailer for their upcoming feature-length film, American Dreamers. American Dreamers tells the story of two sexy British graduates who take a sexy road trip across the USA, looking for a shortcut to fame, fortune, and sexy green cards. If quarantine life has you eagerly awaiting the day you can leave your house and travel someplace more than two kilometers away, let the sexy trailer for American Dreamers scratch that itch for you. You can go to chaoslabs.com to check it out. Remember, that's chaos with a K. Uh, I was just talking to George, George Poppy from Chaos the other day, and he told me, let me get an exact quote here, he told me that they, ooh, what's the exact phrase? Finished post-production. There we go. I didn't want to say something that was not true, but they finished post-production on American Dreamers, which is super exciting, and it means that you'll be able to see it pretty soon. So yeah, check it out. Chaoslabs.com. I almost just said chaos.com. I'm real tired, and this music is distractingly sexy. Remember this chaos with a K, and you can also follow them on Instagram at createchaos. And uh, if you go to createchaos.com, you can check out all of their services. So things like cameras and lighting and audio and social media. Anything you could possibly need from a multimedia company, Chaos has your back. Once again, chaos with a K. A sexy K, I guess. Anyway, on with the show. I love the emphasis here on like finding intersectionality within this because I think like I mean it's like you were saying like 
everybody has existed forever, but it is getting harder and harder to ignore that. And like, I feel like especially like, you know, it is Pride Month right now. And also with the Black Lives Matter protests that have been happening now feels like the time where that is like such a prominent idea, right? The idea Mm -hmm. that like we can't ignore things anymore. Um, And so I, I really love like hearing that that kind of attitude is being applied behind the scenes in something like sexology where like I wouldn't necessarily have thought about that right like it's it's cool to to hear that intersectionality is happening like all over the place you know heck yeah if only uh the peer-reviewed uh publishing process were a bit speedier (laughs) well you could probably see changes implemented much faster yeah I feel that Yep. I don't know why I said I feel that. I've never been an academic, but I, I feel the <laughs> I feel the if only things were implemented faster. That's you know Yeah, and I think uh I get that, but also sexology touches everyone. You know, like uh, I, someone recently made a, a quip because, of course, people make a lot of jokes when you, oh, yeah. you say you study sexology. Um, and it was very much this like, well, if there are asexuals in the room, definitely don't see her. I was like, actually, definitely do see me. We need you represented. Right. Um, you know, sexuality touches everyone. Yeah. Every, every, everyone. And, you know, I think it's important to, like, people's lived experiences are as valid as data. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. That- that actually brings us kind of neatly into uh, what our featured Patreon question is for this episode. Uh, today's featured Patreon question comes from Kendallin, who says, I have personally become more vocal about my sexuality, in brackets, demisexual, for this year's Pride. It's not a common sexuality that's talked about. How do you find communities for your sexuality and do research? That's a great question. Yeah. And and also, um, just on a personal note, Kendallin, like, very cool that you are talking more about your sexuality in an open way uh, congratulations yeah. on that that's uh yeah it's it is uh, a good feeling to kind of have the weight of not being able to talk about things lifted so yeah happy for you heck yes i totally agree with that statement to be honest i think at this point considering uh covid as well um <laughs> you know community is on the internet mm-hmm. i think like i haven't <laughs> You know, I have I have not found the big in in big quotation marks the queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to think about community in terms of how we make community. Um, so I have a group of queers that queer folks that I hang out with and who are wonderful, but I also have a lot of people in my life who are like very cisgendered heteronormative and all that stuff and I can't you know it's hard to to go out and say like hello I am queer let us all converge together because there are so many iterations of queerness right but I think like typing stuff into like a good old google search finding threads on reddit um finding there's too many groups on facebook so you know there's definitely a group for for every possible orientation uh, sexual orientation that 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 can be found there but at the same time those aren't safe spaces either because they're on the internet right so it's yeah it's like it's it's tricky it's very tricky yeah it's it's interesting like i think 
So when I was, you know, growing up, my high school, I don't know if my high school had a like, what is it called in high schools? It's usually like a gay straight alliance or it was when we were in school, but I feel like now it's probably like got a better name. But like, you know, I, when I was in high school, I wasn't out. um, So I, I might have just not known, but I certainly like don't know that I would have, you know, been able to find a community of queer students when I was there. And like, you know, when I got to college and like, you know, in my adult life, I certainly, I'm more open about who I am. And I think as a result, I've just managed to like, make closer friendships with people who are also queer. And like, I think that that's part of finding community, right? Is just like owning who you are. Because if you don't own who you are, you're not necessarily going to be like accidentally signaling to people who are like you that you are like them, right? Like, I, I think that's kind of the the big difference is like, if you're not, if you're in the closet about your queerness, like you're not going to be like showcasing to other queer people that you meet that you are queer. And I'm not saying you have to like walk around waving a flag or like a big shirt that says, hi, I'm gay. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you talk about it, people will come out of the woodwork and you'll start to build those relationships. And like every like community that I've been part of that wasn't like um, a pre-established thing I entered into has come about really just from like having honest conversations with friends and starting to meet their friends and kind of finding common interests. And I think you're absolutely right, Caddy, that a lot of that is like the internet now because partly out of necessity and partly because it's such a good tool it's a great tool. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the best and the worst all wrapped in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love your, I love your answer. It's so very sensitive and, and yeah, full of heart. And I find that really beautiful. Um, it is true. You have to be able to at least stand in who you are today. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's a good way of framing it. And yeah, not being afraid to see your community transform. Yeah, because that's that's also interesting. Um, as as priorities and as interests and values change, that community you know might be super queer for a bit, then less queer because people move and have children and aren't available and all these things and and that fluctuation is also really interesting. Yeah, because community is not something that's static or fixed in time or space. I love that. I I have been thinking a lot about that. We um Teffer and I just finished watching Community, the like mm-hmm. sitcom from, you know, 5 6 years ago whatever. <laughs> and like I uh like one fun show. Fun show start to finish. So um, good. But I uh I hadn't ever seen the last like definitely not the last season. I feel like I maybe watched an episode or two of the 5th season but I don't remember it. Uh so watching through the whole thing, I was really struck by how you know, with a long-running series, if characters from the main cast leave and get replaced, you really worry about group dynamics, right? You worry about whether or not the show is going to feel the same, if you're going to like it. And, like, granted, some of that comes down to the writing and some of that comes down to, like, the actors. But a thing that I found was, in watching this show, even when the group dynamics changed, because it was a show about those group dynamics, it didn't feel like the show changed you know it and and like granted you know elements of the show changed certainly but at the heart of it 
a community is not necessarily the same six people for six seasons, right? Like it can change and shift a little and like still still have the same kind of heart if the thing that brought it together is still the thing that is at the heart of it. Yeah, of course. That's, I love that. I love this. This is, this is like hands down such a beautiful conversation for me. <laughs> I'm really glad we're having it. I yeah. uh, like community has always been not the TV show. Now I'm talking about the concept has always been like a thing that I'm like passionate about. And like, um, you know, from, from having grown up in the church to having left the church and had to like find new community and like kind of finding that through improv for a while. And then also finding that through like podcasting and like, I think the, the, the recommendation I have, I guess, for, for Kendall in, in this situation and for anyone who feels like they don't have a community, start talking more about the thing that you want to build community around and like find people who you you know, you know, are part of it and you'll sort of slowly start to build that. Cause if, if there's not like a, a room you can walk into that's labeled the demisexual room where there's just a pre-existing community, like you're probably not the only one looking for it. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think there's, there's something to be said for letting things kind of develop organically. I could not agree more. My fists are in the air. <laughs> Both of them? Um, both of them. We have like, this is like Judd Nelson at the end of The Breakfast Club <laughs> times two. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that. That's that's exactly it. And, the, and it's hard. I think we forget, right? There's this like mm-hmm. weird commodification of relationships that um, is really infuriating uh, that I see in TV shows and things like, and, and we replicate these patterns in our social groups and this, this fear of going deep, uh, this fear of creating intimacy within friendship, uh, I find that uh, I find that particular. You need to work at it so hard. Yeah, uh, it's you know trust uh, comes from you know shared intimacy, uh, and in friendship, that's so beautiful when you get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oof. that's it. I think like I think that people are scared of that a lot of the time right and like part of that is that we're taught to be scared of it but I think that part of the the fear of opening up to people and the fear of intimacy is like is actually interestingly kind of tied into what we were talking about with communities in that like those relationships aren't necessarily permanent right like you're not necessarily going to know the same people for more than like a handful of years at a time before someone has to leave or or someone you know starts going through stuff and disappears for a little while and like the the hesitation to open up and let people in comes from the fear that they'll want out right exactly yeah i i know i uh i had trouble with that a lot uh when i was younger because like i would open up to people and then like you know especially i think growing up in a church like in a church type community where there are people of different age groups where like you know if I'm like 18 or 19 and I'm still in the city I've lived in forever and I have no plans of, you know, going to school somewhere else, then I'm like, you know, I'm in the mindset of these are people I'm going to be friends with forever. And then, you know, if I'm making friends with people a handful of years older than me who are all university students from out of (laughs) province, like you would think that young Tom would make the connection that like "Hmm, all these people who moved here from like rural Ontario probably aren't going to stay in Montreal forever. Like, 
but you know you don't necessarily make that connection and then all of a sudden everyone's like yeah i'm moving to toronto or i'm moving to michigan and you're like oh shit these people are leaving i love these people what do i do now and like i i think that that like experience of of like i was gonna say to have loved and lost but you know (laughs) in a less dramatic way the experience of like you know seeing people you've you've like intimately bonded with like just go their separate ways like it's it's very hard and I don't know that it necessarily gets any easier but it does I think the more you learn to accept it the easier it gets to open up to other people because you're like more conscious of the fact that like these relationships were still meaningful and valuable even if they were short you know yes absolutely (laughs) not taking community for granted is so Oof, it's so important and it's like a life's work yeah. I, I feel like that's in as we hopefully very soon start being able to converge and <laughs> all be in the same space and right. physically touch uh, we have to remember that I think yeah that like our communities are going to change and fluctuate and we have to you know enjoy them for what they are in the moment yeah, uh, and that sounds like a terrifying mindfulness exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. I uh, I think about like, you know, m- part of my reality is that most of my like social interactions for the past year and a half have been people coming in and out of my, in and out of my house to use the studio, right? And like. Mm-hmm you know there were so many times where I grumbled about it because I was like like you know we've got people recording again today I'm tired I don't want to see people or like I don't want to have to like you know tidy up and make sure that it doesn't look like a total pigsty when people are coming in or I don't want to keep the baby quiet during a you know two-hour recording or any number of grumblings and now that it's been like 90 days at least since the last time anyone who doesn't live in this house has like been in the studio I'm just kind of like oh I really miss like seeing people I miss like talking to people for a couple minutes as they're like getting set up I miss the like kind of community feeling of like welcoming people into the house and saying like hey like how are you doing this week and you know can I get you a drink and like just yeah there there is there's a there's a truth to that thing about how like you don't realize you're in the good old days until you're out of them yeah completely yeah I'm looking forward to things being open again, but I don't want them to open fast. Yeah, well, it, I mean, you know, I don't think I have any money, anyways. But I just want, I just want to, I just want to, honestly, like, just hold my friends, <laughs> <laughs> just give them, like, you know, consensually ab- agreed upon, awkwardly long hugs. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that. I uh, the the thing that's hardest for me like on that front is like I really like to like feed people and like finally got a grill a few weeks ago and like I'm having so much fun grilling but like I don't know if you're someone who like grills but it's it's so much setup especially because I'm doing charcoal where it takes like 45 minutes to get the fucking grill started <laughs> like but then you get all the flavor bombs yeah i mean it's worth it but i every time i feel like i wish i was cooking for like two or three times as many people because then i could take longer and like you know when you set up for 45 minutes cook for 20 and then spend 10 minutes like you know getting the fire to stop being a fire 
it sort of feels like a lot of prep for like not a whole lot of cooking time. And I'm really looking forward to eventually being able to like have people over and make burgers and, you know, stand around outside and, you know, I don't drink, but, you know, I, I picture people drinking and me laughing at the grill and, you know, the radio playing in the background and, you, you know, the, the whole barbecue deal. Mm, yes, yes, yes. entirely yes what do you think of this idea this is something where i I feel like it's connected to community so it's not totally off topic but like um the idea of like doing a like over zoom with a bunch of people all cooking the same meal and then eating the same meal (laughs) (laughs) but from their respective homes It is an interesting idea, actually. Um, I don't know how much I would love it. I struggle with Zoom. Yeah. Because especially if there's, like, if I am not all by myself, Mm. then I just want to bring everyone together on Zoom, and then it's chaotic, and it's too many people, and I don't know. The logistics of it feels painful, especially when you add to that the factor of grilling. Right. So, like... (laughs) Or stove sounds. Um, <laughs> it's definitely like a little bit too much stimulus, right? So much. <laughs> I I would get very overwhelmed, I think. Um, but the eating part, I would be super down for. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's forget about the cooking party, just a, just a dinner party. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I heard um, Samin, do you know salt, fat, acid, heat? Samin Nosrat yeah. is uh, who I love her. I want to be friends with her. It is like on my vision board <laughs> is hanging out with her. I love her. Yeah, a, a little while ago, I think pretty early on into the quarantine, she like did that over her Instagram and invited people to like make the same lasagna recipe and stuff. And it was like just at a time I could not manage. But ever since I've been thinking like, I would like to do that. I would I would do that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Samin. Do you have any final thoughts for Kendallin or final thoughts on uh, sexuality and community and you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, be yourself and uh, know that uh, you are awesome. Hmm. Uh, period. <laughs> and that and don't comp- don't compromise on who you are when building community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. Don't compromise on who you are while building community. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There's a very, oh boy, there's a story there. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like probably everybody has a story about that. That's, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Caddy, thank you so much. This is really great. Anytime. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Do you have anything you want to plug before we, uh, before I let you go and do all the, you know? Yes. If uh, your listeners are into trying things out like improv, um, Montreal Improv, uh, the theater where I work, uh, are offering a brand new series of online classes. Uh, So there's uh, a bit of something for everyone in French, in English, uh, for uh, folks who are just trying it out for the first time or seasoned veterans. Uh, so please check out montrealimprov.ca and uh, hope to see you on Zoom. Yeah. Am I am I remembering right that Sehar is teaching the like level one uh, on the English side? Heck yes, she is. Oh man. Okay. If you're listening to this and you've been wanting to try improv, Sehar is fucking funny. I feel like yeah. 
that is someone I would absolutely take a level one improv class with if I was in a position where I was looking to take a level one improv class. So I highly, highly recommend doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, Sehar is gold. Oh man, (laughs) so funny. So good. Cool. Well, yeah, um, so we'll put a link to that in the description. I know a few episodes ago, Kate was like, like doing the last minute. Actually, that's funny. That was the same episode I last mentioned, the grill situation. And at that point, I didn't know if my grill was going to arrive yet or not. So you're getting an update on both my stress and Kate's stress. The grill worked out, and so did the online classes. Both of those things are happening. Huzzah. Huzzah. Cool. Awesome. And people can also hear you, not the past couple of weeks, because you've been taking a little bit of a break, but uh, a decent amount at a time on the Yeah Podcast. Yes, which I love on this here network. Yeah. I got to say, it's been so much fun having you on the show. I... (laughs) I love, um, for people listening who haven't listened to the app podcast, one, do it, two, try to find an episode Caddy is on, because most of the time, they're, like, raunchy and very silly. (laughs) Yep. Oh, my goodness. So good. Oh, Caddy, before you go, I have a very important question for you. I love it. I'm here for it. Who on the cast of Community can get it? Oh, um, everyone except Chevy Chase. Fair enough. Fair enough. Everyone except Chevy Chase. Particular uh, uh, tip of the hat to Yvette Nicole Brown Mm -hmm. and um, (laughs) Donald Glover. (laughs) Oh, man. Donald Glover has just gotten sexier, eh? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) But you know what? Don't discount Danny Pudi, who uh, (laughs) plays Abed, is actually really, really quite charming. There are, like, there are moments during Community where Abed is, like, uncomfortably hot for the character that he is. And every time I'm kind of like, hang on a second. Yeah. 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 When he breaks out the Polish, I'm like, yes, I'm here (laughs) for this. I love it. I'm more thinking when he, like, goes into Han Solo mode or whatever. But, (laughs) yeah, when he breaks out the Polish. (laughs) Oh, man. Caddy, thank you so much. This is fun. Take care. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And that brings us to the end of our show for this week. Man, I love Caddy. That was so much fun. I uh, I hope that we can do that again sometime. Maybe in person once the quarantine is over. Anyway, if you like this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Like we said earlier, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can have your name read on the show. For $5, you get to ask questions. And it's just a nice way to kind of feel like you're part of this community. See? Just tied it all together. Anyway, uh, if you want to do that, it would be much appreciated. We also do put a uh, portion of our earnings on Patreon. Basically, <laughs> everything that comes in as a net gain above like breaking even uh, goes toward charitable organizations. Uh, so help us out, and we'll you know be helping other people out at the same time. Uh, we also have merch. If you want to hit the merch link in the description, you can get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Public, And uh, you can support us for free, obviously, by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Down With Talking and like our page on Facebook. Don't forget to go to the Montreal Improv website. I put a link in the description of this episode to that uh, to check out the online classes. Uh, again, I want to highlight that level one class with Sehar. Um, Sehar is awesome, and I can only imagine how good that class is going to be. Uh, but if you're not a like beginner improviser, there are also a whole lot of higher level classes as well with awesome people like Dale Bernier. Uh, so definitely go and check that out as well. God, I'm so tired, you guys. It's been such a long day. Uh, If you want, 
Uh, you should also check out the Yeah podcast that Caddy is one of the co-hosts of. Right now, they're doing a read-through of Harry Potter where they are uh, refusing to ever say the name of the horrible transphobe who wrote the books, and I am all in favor of that decision. Uh, <laughs> I think it is possible to reclaim a text from the shitty person who wrote it if the text means enough to you. Um, yeah that's it for me for this week uh oh you know what actually go check out my other podcast natural toonie it's a dungeons and dragons podcast but the episode that comes out the same day as this uh is one where we play a one-off called sexy battle wizards i didn't even line that up on purpose but i love it uh it's absolutely insane and very silly and uh includes a like fuck the police message as well which we didn't realize when we recorded it back in february just how uh you know timely that was going to be by the time we released it uh, so go check that out that's natural toony okay that's enough of me special thanks to the honeythorns for letting us use their song crack apart as our theme music you can find all their music for sale at the honeythorns.bandcamp.com and this show is produced and edited by me tom zalat and i for the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com Dungeons. Dragons. Canada. The multiverse theory. Corgis. Queer representation. French accents. Reconciliation. Angels. Demons. Squirrels. Moose. Moose and squirrels. Sorcerers. Dinosaurs. Forests. Giants. Rogues. Warlocks. Plains. Sewers. Lavender. Natural Toonie. A Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Right here on the Upford Network. I'm Teffer. I'm Caddy. And I'm Hannah. And we are the Yeah Podcast. Join us as we dig into young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA Lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah!